0: Welcome to Happy Times and Places. It's a positively inclined Doctor Who commentary podcast in which I, Toby Haydock, get a special guest to choose a story and to tell me their favourite things about it. But before they tell me, I have to guess and see if I can anticipate what those favourite things
1: are. Message sending now. receiving now. Yes, hello everybody. I, uh, Toby. Hi. I am Jay Butler-Moore and. I'm a local government minion in my working life and um, a songwriter and I'm on YouTube and Soundcloud and stuff and I'm in a band called Dirge. But I'm here to talk about my seven favourite things uh, about the seeds of death. Well welcome everybody,
0: it's time to teamat myself into your homes or into your ears as we watch episode three of this particular adventure, the seeds of death. So I want you to press play in three, two, one. Let's see how we go. Now, I remember when this was... uh, don't know what the sound was doing there never mind um i remember when i watched this and i worked out i'd broken it into episodes because of the handy doctor who magazine guide but also because you could sort of tell because as i say they, they they'd grabbed whatever was on the shelf so uh, it it, uh, it it you know the quality suddenly jumped from you know crystal clear to has somebody put gravy on the film um i can't remember what episode three was like i think it was okay um uh, but this was my favourite, and I already think I know what my favourite bit of this episode is going to be. And it's interesting because it, it doesn't have much to do with the plot. Let's see, anyway, let's see how we go. So um, the the TARDIS crew uh, aren't using the TARDIS, and they're also um, not actually on the moon yet. Uh, they're not actually really in, in the thick of the adventure. Um, but that's okay because the rocket journey is quite important because it it underlines the theme of you know much with the Ice Warriors um, uh, uh, about, you know which which talked about you know putting putting your faith in technology. This is this is about putting your faith in one particular sort of technology. And seeing as we pretty much now do everything online, uh, I'm sort of reminded of that brilliant E.M. Forster. Uh, short story well not short story novelette um the machine stops which is basically would now be called the internet breaks um because it is all about what happens when a society have become totally reliant on a piece of technology uh, decadently so um you know losing losing sight of their humanity and, and, and but but being very efficient you know they're taught and they contact their friends and they do everything through the machine you know, and then you have that great question. Well, what happens when the machine stops? Uh, and it's brilliant. So if you've never if you've never done it, it's an excellent uh, novelette. And uh, the it's probably the best out of the Unknown episode, directed by the mighty Philip Saville. Uh, it doesn't have any of these people in it. Gosh, this is so beautifully restored that you can sort of see the sweat on Christopher Cole's face here in this, uh, in my favourite subplot of episode two, uh, Phipps. Um, uh, uh, k- 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 slightly ducking behind a cupboard uh, in order to outwit uh, the ice warriors, what will he do this week? Put a cardboard box on his head? Uh, uh, <laughs> put his hands in front of his face? Um, Eric Kent is the name of the uh, of the of the squatter of the two technician extras. Uh, don't know anything about him, but uh, Royston Farrell, who's the other one I, I talked about last time, I, t- as as. Uh, I, I was thinking about Miss Kelly's costume. It is, uh, it is a bit like an ice warrior. I think I, I mentioned this, but it's 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 like she's a sort of fetish Ankleosaurus. or she's she's come she's she's come to a a sex party as an ice warrior. Do you know what I mean? Because she's got the same sort of silhouette. Uh, he, oh dear! So the the little fat one's died, and and Royster Farrell very slowly there going for his uh, his iron bar, and then shot quite horribly at close range uh and i do like the mirror effect that they keep for the ice warriors for the whole of their run and they keep alan Benian for the whole of their run and it, uh, oddly we, th- we sort of think of sonny Caldenes as the main uh ice warrior but he's the last one to join the cast here i think he joins the cast if not this week ne- i think it's next week actually But uh, Steve Peters and Tony Harwood are your go-to Ice Warriors. Sonny Caldinez is is killed first in the Ice Warriors as well. But when it comes to Curse of Peladon and Monster of Peladon, he's the guy who gets the call. Uh, I think he's very much the junior Ice Warrior at the moment. Uh, Pat Gorman, you could see in the background there, uh, the mighty Pat. Um, ah, Here's another mighty Pat. He sometimes looks quite tired, doesn't he? But uh, but it just adds to the sort of... uh, gravitas that he has you get that that's a face that's you know seen worlds burn and danced a jig at the dawn on some you know the birth of some planet he's uh he's such a convincing and yet otherworldly uh figure they're a great crew actually these three uh, there's a there's a really nice rapport that they have and zoe could be really annoying and i don't i don't think she is because she's sort of tempered by trout and 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 by Jamie that it's a good it's a good dynamic um so have you I don't know if you've noticed everybody that in the seeds of death if you've been paying attention um uh there haven't actually been any seeds yet um so um you'd, you'd be you know I know there are some stories that are called something of the Daleks or whatever where the Dalek isn't in it for the first 25 minutes and shock horror it's it's the Dalek at the end of the first 25 minutes but you have to wait you have to wait an hour for there to be uh, to, to sow the smallest the, the, even the smallest of the seeds um and they're not even seeds they're balloons uh but they're yeah they're balloons of blight not seeds of death uh, they're, they're 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 balloons of foam uh, do you mean fire? No, I mean foam. Um, uh, yeah, the model work is uh, is is quite fun. I, I never really thought about the model work before, but uh, uh, you actually do get quite a lot of the rocket uh, in this, which must because spacefaring was obviously uh, you know very much in the headlines with uh, going to the moon, Neil Armstrong and Michael Collins and Buzz Aldrin uh, heading heading off for the moon. Um, that this is, you know, this is very of the moment. And I think that's a terrific wheeze, actually, the idea that what, you know, space travel by rocket that is, is part of the brave new world of the back end of the 60s is in this Doctor Who story um, something that's just, um, you know... Uh, so taken for granted that actually it's a rather sad pastime of a forgotten old man, and that's a it's a great leveler. That's a great shot. That that model of the rocket going going down into the moon. That's the perspective uh, is is beautiful. This idea, but I think that's a brilliant wheeze. Actually, the the uh, the yeah, you're brave. Doctor Who is Doctor Who sort of brings us down to earth. We think you know we're really modern. Of course you do. Every, everybody living in whatever today is. Because, well, we're at the very height of technology and what's possible, aren't we? Amazing. And Doctor Who's going, yeah, yeah, uh, in 200 years' time, they'll think that's as quaint as we think black and white telly and, you know, three-pin plugs on the moon are or whatever. But, but you know, um, and we've no idea, uh, you know, what, what we think that we do that is amazing, that people in 200 years' time will look at and go, they do that then, idiots, yeah. Um, well, I you know just little things I mean god I remember when you could smoke on a smoke on the underground I didn't um but I remember that fire because there was a school school trip on the way there and it was that fire it took a fire to make people go you know when people are underground uh, and can and and it takes quite a long time to get above ground should we not have sort of things made, think combustible things there that produce smoke should we should we not allow those um and, and on trains and planes and everything well acted on the rocket, TARDIS crew, uh, and at least you're getting a g- good slice of the action, which isn't always the case in this season. Um, uh, in that, it, in that it's largely been uh, uh, the Doctor Jamie and Zoe in this this episode so far, and and it's Terence Dix now has sort of taken over the writing. He's he's not credited on screen as the writer, but he is on the on the production material um, at the BBC. That it's not really. The Seeds of Death by Brian Hales. It's The Seeds of Death by Brian Hales and Terence Dix, but he was script editor and and Terence always said that Brian Hales was quite easygoing and you just go, "We're going to rewrite this, Brian." He's like, "Yeah, that's fine. You know, I'm, I've 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 done my bit. I've got paid because uh, there were two Ice Lords. You know, they're not actually Ice Lords, Toby. Yes, I do. Uh, there are two Ice Lords, I think, in the original uh, in the original breakdown. Um. Uh, and and yeah Ke- miss the kelly character i think is originally a male and then does different bits of bobs anyway yeah the, the the breakdown is very very different and it goes through various iterations um and and finally Terence Dix i think just goes i'll just i'll just write this um and and Hales had had a similar sort of total rewrite happened to i wish we could find the original versions of the celestial toy maker with the characters of george and margaret uh just to see how it would work because it sounds weird. I mean, it is weird. It's not. Yeah, Let's not talk about this. They're still, to a maker. Here's Terry Scully being fantastic. I have to say, and because uh, I've got six episodes to get through, and I, I've got. A, I I thought last week. I I I thought that ter, ter, Terry Scully Fusum has a very bony ass, and I don't know if there's a bonier ass in the whole of Doctor Who. Now, I don't know if that's a thing that we we ever need to write anything about, but uh he's he's got a bony ass. So there we are. Um Bony ass Fuchsam, uh, and his moon heroism. Uh but he's a great character and he does he does uh Terry Scully is, is in there's there's some there's some filming of them making an episode of uh Zed Cars uh, at the BBC. Um you know, it's a peek behind how we make television and, and Terry Scully's in that. Uh, so so we see him doing a bit of sort of acting a bit of a behind the scenes uh, and I remember when this was released on DVD the production subtitle sort of said sadly Terry Scully died because I think he died relatively recently or they found out he died when they were preparing uh, the, the DVD so now of course the, the idea that you'd have to put sadly before uh, any cast because it is sad but obviously you, can't, you you have to, you have to be a bit more removed from it now because well in fact Gosh, I remember a time when pretty much everyone from this bar, Philip Ray and Hugh Morton, were were, were still with us. And now I think, yeah, Martin Court, is lock in episode one, is the only guest cast survivor. Gosh, that's sobering. And yet there, there would have been a time where you could, have got, you could have got a DVD commentary, say, with practically everybody, had they been willing um, or, or available. I mean... Uh, Louise Payer was in Australia and Alan Bennion and Christopher Cole both uh, both seem quite reluctant to do interviews and stuff Um, but yeah I I feel a bit for Terry Scully because he's in the Dawn of the Gods episode of Blake Seven and his hair's gone completely white and uh, he's sort of unrecognizable Um, and as I mentioned before he sort of did uh, he did go through a a bit of a hard time but he has that great nervous energy as a performer this is a nice little plot twist uh, because zoe's gone to check the thing and the rocket is is knackered so uh, suddenly you, you do need the the new technology um but i like i like it when a doctor Who story takes a you know takes a, a piece of technology and builds a story around that i think that's a that's a great idea for a, a, a science fiction show um uh, and and I think do I recall the the sets are, by the, by the way I think are, are very good because they're obviously raised, uh, which gives them a which 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 gives them a quality of of having a life outside the bits of the set that we see. Um, now this this was the this was my favourite bit to watch I think when uh, when I had the uh, when I had the when I first got the 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 VHS. Although I, I think the ice warrior who takes ages to shoot and then is is easily sort of run rings round is, uh, uh, it's not their finest. Uh, it's not the finest use of them. But why is there a hall of mirrors in the moon base? I like that idea. Is there? Is he going to stumble across a fortune teller at some some point? Uh, is there? A, is there a helter skelter? Is that why it's a raised uh, area? But this is this is where there's there's no plot here. But what what it does. Do is it it goes but Patrick Troughton is brilliant at running and then the relaxed face and then the terrified face and there's a couple of, and the raising of that I love it all and and yet if I saw an actor that wasn't good doing that I would be annoyed with them and find them going too far and prating about but Troughton is always somehow real uh and no more so than here uh when uh he's faced with mortal danger he does this brilliant thing and that's a terrific shot as well of of little trout flanked by the arms the armed arms of the uh of the space crocodiles uh and he's desperately sort of going what what can i say what can i say i'm a genius and he and and he got no idea if it's going to work and then it is massively surprised when it does uh, and that's brilliant it's shot because you keep his face all of the time well done Michael Ferguson well done Patrick Troughton that's absolutely marvellous as I say there are actors that would do that sort of comical arms aloft scampering about that would irritate me and I'd want to kick them in the shins but Troughton never I, 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 I don't think there's ever any ever any bad acting from Troughton he's, he's just too good um, what The Ice Warriors, I don't know what they've been eating, but the way you could tell they're coming is that they have terribly rumbly tummies. It's a great design, though, isn't it? I like the, the fact that they've got hair, because um, you're not quite sure... Because is that carapace? Is that armour? But it's hairy armour. Who wears hairy armour? I suppose, did Vikings have hairy armour? But... So, are they nude? But, no, because they've got the helmet, and the mouth is underneath the helmet. Um which was a lovely mystery until um, they came back in the modern era and the first thing they decided to do was go, well, you know how you don't quite know what lies with. Should we show that? Uh, and you know how they're whispery monsters. Should we get the actor that does them brilliantly for Big Finish and and does the whispery thing? Because that's a really interesting thing. Because their their atmosphere where they're from is different. You know, there's a logic there to the fact that, that they would sound, they would find it difficult to breathe, and therefore have a whispery diction, and then that gives them, you know, their 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 sort of unique uh, their USP. Um, so should, should we should we have them uh, whisper? No, no, no. Let's just have them sound like all of the other monsters. Why? Why have you brought them back uh, to show their face? What, did anyone want you to do? Uh, what, what? It just strikes me as faintly bizarre. I don't understand the modern world. Um, and I liked that episode. Um, I just thought it seemed really odd to take a monster that has two things that are really interesting about it and um, destroy the interest. Um, but I do think Martin Boar's design uh, of the Warriors is fantastic although they had a real they had real trouble getting out there and they've only just gone round the corner and uh, they nearly took the doors with them Um, but I I like Paul Allen's sets as well he also designed um, Horror of Fang Rock which I think also had some rays. well it has got that staircase hasn't it so he's good at getting things up Trouton's Trouton's face in this is, is is brilliant um He's he's got that sort of tired obtuseness, uh, and you can tell he's sort of working out. His brain is whizzing around at a million miles an hour while he's sizing up the enemy, who is the very composed uh, Alan Benian, uh with that brilliant chin make- makeup. Oh, and we've got two more ice warriors. Uh, having seen two go out, it's the same two, of course. Uh, I o- I always. Th- Wondered why they didn't make them have mobile mouths to so go to the trouble of having that that mouth fitting underneath, and the, and the mouths do move, but they're but all their lines are post dubbed, so nobody really bothers moving their mouths properly, and it, it seems an odd thing to have gone to the effort to give them movable latex mouths, but they want to do the dubbing afterwards. I su- I su- I suppose to get the hissy thing because because the, the 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 lines are done in. If they're not done in post they're they're played in they're not said they're not said when the actor says them um and yeah fuchsia oh so i i remember watching this with my uh, my brothers and sisters uh no my brothers and sister and uh and I remember, you know, there were certain things I knew would get guffawed at because people laugh at old things. Um, uh, but but I, I, I remember there's there's a, there's a scene coming up, isn't there, where the, where the Ice Warrior comes in, uh, and uh, Phipps sort of points to a three-pin plug plug on the floor. And they, they plug it in. My brothers and sister absolutely go forward at that, and I was like, "Well, why is that funny?" But to them, the idea that you'd have a plug in the future on the moon was, was somehow quaint and silly. So it's 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 weird. I uh, I mean I that wouldn't have occurred to me at all. Um, willing suspension of disbelief, isn't it? But it's 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 quite odd the things that the not we uh, to coin to, to coin a phrase. Um, uh, pick up on to mock that the, the likes of us just happily see through the likes of me anyway I know there are Doctor Who fans who like Doctor Who because they find it quaint and silly and, uh, and and laugh at things like that and that's absolutely fine as well um, and there are some people who probably go to parties dressed as Miss Kelly <laughs> the, uh, the the T the at Gimp um, oh, so right so Patrick Tranton is going on holiday next week And so he needs to be knocked unconscious uh, in order to be. uh, It's not Chris Jeffries, I don't think, next week. I think it's Tommy Laird. Why have we never interviewed the people who played Doctor Who that uh, that that weren't Doctor Who? I tried to find Brian Proudfoot, who's who's the one who uh, walks through the poplars in the reign of terror, who's the first person that isn't William Hartnell to play Doctor Who. Uh, But I think he died in South Africa many years ago. A few years ago, he was South African. Um, But there's Tommy Laird. There's Chris Jeffries, who do Trouton, Chris Jeffries, you see his face in the Dominators. So that's the first time we've seen a seed. Uh, So it's the first time this pod uh, cast sees a seed pod. So there we go. Trouton's had a, a fall down and fallen face down in order that next week we can't tell that it's not him. Um Oh, dear. Poor old, uh, poor old Fushum has a lot on his conscience. That's that's a nice zoom there. That's actually quite, yeah, the camera flies about. Good old Michael Ferguson keeping it, keeping it busy. They're quite, I hadn't realised, I'd forgotten quite how ungainly the Ice Warriors are. Shame I don't care. They're they're cracking design. Uh, James, James then going to. Bend a big, big iron bar. Or why don't they all just hide behind a cupboard at the ice? Yeah, well done, the ice warrior, for seeing Zoe in the doorway when he didn't see Phipps when he was staring straight at him. This is the bit where the plug comes. I think this is really exciting. Oh, look, it's a multi-plug. Ha, ha, ha. I really hope viewers in the future, I'll be long dead by the time this, whenever this year uh, comes into be, Watch and go. Do you know what Doctor Who is so good? Because uh, I'm watching this on the Moon Base, and uh, it correctly uh, it correctly predicted that on the Moon Base we would still be using three pin plugs. Because as anybody knows, we went through the uh, the wireless uh, period of the early 21st century, and it was found to melt people's brains uh, and uh, 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 kill beavers. Uh, so, uh, we had to go back to the three pin plug thing. I, I predict that that is what people will be saying on the moon when they're watching the seeds of death. Uh, uh and they're a nifty, uh, they're a nifty effect. I know they're just a balloon, but, uh, uh, I, I think it's, uh, it, it's rather a fun sort of threat and poor old Fushum. So now he thinks he's responsible for the death of Doctor Who. Uh, and, uh, I mean, it's odd that the ice warriors don't sort of go, um, could te- tell us how to do this because it's uh, clearly just pressing a few buttons, but they go, no, we need, we need him. Um, and here we are. Is this the first time we've seen, gosh, it's a quiet week for, for Radnor and, uh, Eldred. Uh, yeah, Eldred, who's got the uh, the Ice Warrior tank top on. I do. Uh, it's Bobby Bartlett, by the way, who designed the Ice Lord. It's not an Ice Lord costume. Oh, a fuchsia few, them few still got a watch on as well. They will still have watches and three pin plugs on the moon, although watches have started to come back in now because uh, Apple now do watches. Um, but uh, I haven't worn a watch for many, many years. That was a bit partridge, wasn't it? uh you know, I haven't worn a watch for many years. That's an interesting observation. It's really not. I'm very sorry for driving you down partridge alley there and uh, <laughs> ending up in, uh, t- I don't know, uh, uh, Richard Madeley cul-de-sac. Uh, yeah, Apple make watches now, but I haven't worn one for a while. Uh, crazy world. Um, so th- I think this is a great episode ending. Uh, which you didn't actually get in the uh, in the video version. We didn't get this big bit where the thing uh, fills the screen, which I think is rather lovely in the in the VHS version. He touches it; it goes, it's alive, and then it really changes into really bad quality, uh, where the episode looks like it's made of porridge, uh, and uh, it blows up and and kills uh, spoilers, kills poor old Brent, who uh, who survives for about uh, yeah two seconds into the next episode Um, so much like Martin Court Rick Felgate uh, will be back next week to be dead Um, nice work if you can get it so uh, I will press pause before the next episode kicks in Uh, well my favourite thing is the chase in that episode is the chase through uh, although it's ridiculous once again, why has a moonbase got a hall of mirrors? Uh, <laughs> it's, uh, uh, I, I assume we missed the scenes where he was hiding behind the coconut shy. Because if there'd been a coconut shy, he'd have just been able to stick his head behind the coconut. They wouldn't have seen him. Um, uh, but it's the chase that culminates with that brilliant line: "You can't kill me. I'm a genius." Which, well, which is a, a good line and it's fun. It it ascends to another level because of the way it is shot by Michael Ferguson uh, so, so cleverly, but also, uh, uh, but it's shot cleverly because it makes sure it favors our brilliant leading man whose face is always near, so nearly ex- obscured, but just stays there. So we follow that performance right through of the desperation, the inventiveness, that, that final gambit, uh, and uh, then the complete sort of shock that it's actually worked. Which all flicks across Patrick Trouton's brilliant, brilliant face. So that is uh, that is my favourite bit. And so, what is Jay's third favourite thing and favourite thing from episode three?
1: Um, so episode three, my favourite thing is that brilliant chase with Patrick Trouton running around doing all that kind of Patrick and jumping stuff, and um, looking horrified, um, kind of running around with the mirrors behind him. Um, it's just so clever. They've made this kind of whole world out of the moon base. I um, absolutely love it. And then obviously at the end of that sequence, when they do catch up with him, and there's the two ice warriors framed there, and he that's so iconic when he says like stuff about Um, you've no orders to kill me your leader will want to speak to me I'm a genius Um, it's so brilliant I absolutely love that whole sequence of that chase yes
0: so hang on three episodes in uh, I'm only 2-1 down Uh, so there's a chance to claw this back and even go for victory (laughs) which has yet to happen but the chase I am glad that Jay and I are in accord which I think kind of makes us Both geniuses, which means you can't kill us. So you'll have to join us next time to see if uh, our happy times and places are in accord once more. But until then, goodbye. Thanks for listening to Happy Times and Places, which is presented by me, Toby Haydock. My special guest choosing the seeds of death is Jay Butler-Moore. I'd very much like to thank the patrons of this podcast who include Thomas Banks, Jason Thompson, Leslie Coots, Steve Churchill, Charles Coffin, Paul Colnaghi, Paul Cornell, Peter Crocker, Dave Curran, Paul Philip Dalgren, Matt Dale, Rob Dawson, Robert Davis, Tim Dickinson, Paul Dykes, Andrew East, Mark Findlay-Smith. David Gillespie, Charles Gears, Lisa Gledhill, Robin Groen, Paul J. Guest, Susan Harrison, Steve Hatcher, Duncan Harvey, Simon Hotches, Sam Hollingsworth, Matthew Houliston, Darren Howard, Gregory Hudson and David Hughes. The music for this podcast is by Dave Gates and the podcast artwork by Dylan Patterson. Well, look, if you'd like to join that list, you can go to patreon.com forward slash Toby Haydock and support these podcasts for as little as £3 a month. There are extra goodies as two, uh, exclusive material, bonus releases, and everything comes out much earlier. By the time you listen to this, oh, goodness me, they'll be on to... Oh, probably Torchwood Season 4 by the time that uh, <laughs> you've listened to this. Uh, and there's also interaction and all sorts of other things. Um, and you get a 10% discount if you sign up for a year. That might not suit, but you may wish to do a one-off contribution, which you can do at Kofi. Dot com forward slash Toby but look i know that uh, this is not always the way of things and some people cannot or do not fancy contributing financially and that is absolutely fine however what costs nothing is to go to your podcast provider and to give these five shiny stars and perhaps a couple of lines of positive review because that really helps with the algorithms to get the word out there to make more people listen and that just uh, well, it just means that these labours have been worth it. Uh, you're worth it, dear Lister, but it's always nice if there are more. And so if you could do that, it costs you nothing but a little bit of your time, I'd be most grateful because it would make my time very happy in this place. And look, if live comedy is your thing in Manchester, England, at 8pm every Tuesday, I host the comedy night Excess Malarkey, as I have done every year for the past 24 there's uh, usually three or four excellent comedians on, and live comedy is uh, is the best way to experience stand-up. However, if you are scuppered by geography or availability once a month, the first Sunday of every month at twitch.tv forward slash excess malarkey, uh, I present the same show, but an online version with four different comics, this time from around the world. We have our pick because we are not confined to bricks and mortar and... Uh, you know, the immediate vicinity. So uh, if you want to check that out, uh, there is an archive of clips and other shows up there already uh, because we were doing the online show for the whole of lockdown. So there's plenty there to check out. And look, it's good fun. And there's the occasional mention of Doctor Who as well. I I do slip it in every now and again. I'm actually doing a little bonus bit right at the end because I'm convinced nobody listens this far. So I'm just going to throw something in for my own amusement. Um, I once looked around a house. Uh, There was no way we could ever afford it, but my then wife decided we should look around denim bucks. I don't know, I think she was maybe dreaming or it was just something to do. And anyway, we looked around this house and uh, at one point we got to this, this little sort of writing room and the bloke said, oh, I call this my TARDIS. And it was like, oh, oh, oh. well, that's funny because Toby's a big Doctor Who fan. And we went, oh, oh, oh. And then the woman said, oh, well, actually I'm working on an old people's home down the road and uh, one of the ladies in there, her husband was Doctor Who. And it turns out that this lady was uh, one of the carers for Sheila, no, for Bunny, Sheila's for, for Bunny Patrick Troughton's first wife. Uh, so even when I'm doing something completely unrelated to Doctor Who, there's always something that links back to it. Uh, so there we go. We just happened to look around the house of somebody who had a connection to Patrick Trans first wife. But of course, nobody will ever know. It's not a particularly interesting piece of information, but it's a nice little nugget that nobody will ever know because nobody listens this far, uh, which is a shame because, uh, you know, I could have all sorts of influence, even at the back end of a podcast, kill the humans
1: kill all the humans.
0: Bye!